time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. One of the things I enjoy doing is coaching people who are stuck in life because I've realized there are just a few ways that we really get ourselves stuck. And today I want to talk about one of the ways we get ourselves stuck as a way of understanding yet another rule for living. The rule this week is control what you can and release the rest. Control what you can and release the rest. Here's the interesting thing for me. As I've watched, we spend a lot of energy, a lot of time, trying to control the things we cannot control, and then we don't spend a whole lot of time doing what we could, what we could control. We, we let that go. Just the other day, I had somebody who was talking to me on the phone. They said, you need to get my spouse to change. I've been trying for 20 years, and it isn't working. They've been trying to get their spouse to change For 20 years, I've heard the same thing about people saying, I just can't get my kid to straighten up, or I can't get my kid to do what I want him to do, or I can't get my kid to whatever it is. And and sometimes those kids are 20, 30, 40-year-old people at that point. I hear the same thing from bosses who say, I can't get my people at work to do what I want. I've heard it about coworkers. I can't get them to do what they need to do. And I've also heard it often and seen it often, the same place you have in this social media world where people are trying to change their Facebook friends, trying to change their opinion, trying to change how they think, trying to change how they view the world with very little luck because on the other side, their Facebook friend is trying to change them too. And so both are trying to get the changes kind of in the opposite direction. And because of that, we rarely see much shift. Here's why. In all of those places, we're using some very dangerous words. Some words that will guarantee that we're going to be stuck. These dangerous words, there are three of them to remember. Get, make, and cause. If you find yourself saying, how do I get that person to do what I want them to do? How can I make my spouse, child, friend, whatever, see the the right way? Or how can I cause them to make a shift? Those are the dangerous words because they set us up for failure. Not because you might not have a good idea, not because you might not even want the best for the other person. You may want the very best for your spouse, especially in terms of the relationship. Maybe you want the very best for your child. In fact, I would almost guarantee that that's the case. And you may want the very best in your office, with your workers, with your employees, with your employer. And you may even want the best for your Facebook friends. But this is the problem. At that point, we've crossed into something we cannot control. So what is this control? Why do we spend so much time in trying to be in control? Over the years, I've had lots of people who would come in and proudly announce, you know, I'm just kind of a control freak. I just like to control stuff around me. And what they're telling me is something different than what they think they're telling me. You see, control, when you're trying to control the things, especially the things you cannot control, you're actually telling me about your fears, Control comes from our desire to to deal with our fears. In fact, if you think about it, sometimes we get to worrying about things around us. And I believe that worry is our way of trying to control things that are beyond our control. We just haven't recognized it yet. So we lie awake worrying about things that we can't change, can't control. 
but makes sense in our head in those moments. And because we can't change, you can't control them, we allow ourselves to worry about them, feeling like that's doing something about it. It doesn't, but it does entertain that part of our brain that's looking for the danger places. Now, remember, we've already talked about this in many other episodes of the Thrivology podcast. We are wired for fear. You and I have this part of our brain that is always looking for the threats coming our way. That's why yours and my DNA is here. That's why we're alive, because our ancestors, who were overly cautious, were able to pass down their genetics when the people who were less cautious didn't survive long enough to pass on their DNA. And so it's, it's sacrificed way in the background for the more cautious. And so over the millennia, we've become more and more fear-driven because of selection that brings us to the place where we are constantly on guard, even though we now live in an incredibly safe world, at least compared to what it used to be. Now, let me be very clear. Bad things happen. Bad things are guaranteed to happen. People are going to get hurt. People are going to get sick and people are going to die. That's part of kind of life. So sometimes we think that we don't live in such a safe world, but we live in an incredibly safe world compared to what our ancestors lived in. If you're walking down the street, it's not likely that the people, it's possible, but not likely that the people around you mean you harm. It's even less possible or less likely if you're at work, even less likely if you're with family or kids. So we live in an incredibly safe world where our brain is creating scenarios of danger all around us, what puts us into a place of trying to control these things around us. And that's what is frustrating for many people. They find that they're trying to control things that they can't ultimately control. In fact, there are only a few things we can control. Here's the good news. If that's the bad news, this is the good news. The things you can control can transform your life. Because what I've noticed is that we tend to try to control the things we cannot control and then fail to control the things we could control. We end up going after the wrong targets. We end up going after the things that we can't impact while we fail to take care of the things we could impact. And by impacting those things, we could enlarge our impact on the world. So just for a moment, I want you to imagine as you stand or sit wherever you are that there's a big circle around you. And within that circle is everything within your concern, everything that concerns you. In other words, everything that you feel a concern about. Put your family in there, put your friends in there, put uh, maybe your community in there. Maybe you have uh, some special interest groups that you're concerned about. Maybe you're concerned about uh, how the world is going or politics or the weather or world events or world peace or world war. Maybe all of those things are within your realm or your circle of concern. They're the things that concern you. Here's the thing. Them concerning you doesn't mean they're in your sphere or your circle of control. So all of those things, you draw that big circle around all those things that concern you. Now let's draw a much tighter circle right around you. That much tighter circle right around you, that's your circle of control. Those are the things you can control, not the things you can't control. 
Not the things we try to do, like control other people, control situations, control people's opinions about things, control all of those things around us. We can't do that. It doesn't work. But we can control three things, and they're all three things that come within you. So those three things, they are what are within your control. They are the things that can transform your life when we make the shift to control what we can. So what can we control? And then we can realize what we can't control. If we take the three things we can control, everything else then exists outside of our control. The first thing we can control are our aspirations. Our aspirations. Those are our dreams, our goals, our hopes. These are the things we want to move towards. The aspirations we have in life. That's what we can control. Now, we can't control whether they happen we can control whether we have the aspiration that pulls us in that direction. Now, the reason that's important is because we can't control the fears. We can't control the fears that pop in our head. We can control how much room we give them. And sometimes when we step towards our aspirations, we pull away from those fears. So in that way, we can begin to mitigate the fears. We're not going to get rid of the fears. Remember, we're wired for that. But we can mitigate the fears. Not dismiss them, but set them to the side by working on choosing our aspirations. What are your big hopes for yourself, for people around you? What are your big hopes for the world? We can choose those. We can choose the aspiration, not the actuality of it. But that's important. Let's say you have an aspiration of writing a book. No book ever gets written unless you start with that aspiration. You might fear that nobody would read the book, but you can continue to aspire to write the book. I was talking with somebody who said, you know, I want to write a bestseller. I said, that's a great aspiration. But the first thing you got to do is write a book that could be a bestseller. And the best-selling part, there's not everything that's within your control, but you do have the book in your control. You might say, well, I want to raise great kids. Okay, that's an aspiration, At some point, your kids have to take on being great, right? We can't make them do that. And here's the the problem with this. We can't put our aspirations on somebody else. You might have an aspiration that your child would be a doctor or a lawyer or a politician or whatever other profession, but they have to take that on as their aspiration. We can't give somebody an aspiration, We can talk to them about it, maybe influence them a little bit to move in a good direction. But ultimately, they have to choose their aspirations too because that's what's within their control. Many times, this is a mistake that parents make. They want to place their aspiration on that child. In fact, what often happens is that we have a standard of something that we expect of ourselves, and we place that standard on our kids, our, what we expect for ourselves onto our kids. For instance, I've had people who had a standard for themselves that they would not be dishonest. They would be honest with everybody they dealt with. Now, research would show that that's really not something that people do. We, we tend to constantly tell at least white lies. But we might have that as an aspiration, And we might have that as a standard for ourselves, what we expect of ourselves. But then we try to put that onto our kids. And problems come from that because we can't make our child be honest. 
You can punish a child when they lie to you, but ultimately you can't make them be honest. Just as an example, they have to choose that for themselves. Or anything else that you might think for yourself is important that you want your child to have a hard work ethic or whatever it might be that comes from you, we can't place that on a child. They have to assume that for themselves. That's part of that aspirational piece. Our standards exist within our aspirations. What we expect of ourselves, our standards, live in our goals, what we, what we want, the bigger things we want in life. And so we have a choice of our aspirations, which is great because we don't have much choice about whether those fears pop up. The first thing you can control are your aspirations, what you want out of life, what your goals are, what your biggest next place is for you. You have that control. The second thing you can control is your attitude. Now, let me be very clear. I'm, I'm using a very deep term for attitude. Your attitude is a disposition that you hold that affects your behavior. This is not about having a positive attitude, you know, where you're always upbeat and happy. It's not about having a negative attitude where you're always down. Those are emotions. What I'm talking about is having an attitude that you will do your best, give it your all, try again, and figure it out. When I taught scuba with my buddy Ray, uh, Ray always started the class, and, and Ray is now in his late 70s and is still a barefoot uh, skier on the water and still scuba dives and rides his motorcycle and, and is just a great model for how to age as an active person. And he would start every scuba class, every session or, or every series with a request that every student hold a positive mental attitude. Now, we weren't expecting them to come to class upbeat and happy all the time. But we were expecting them to come in with a decision that they were going to try to do what we asked them to do. They were going to try to do all the skills that we assigned them and demonstrated to them. They were going to try them. Instead of saying, I can't do that, they would assume an attitude of, I will try that. I'll give it my best shot. I will figure this out. What I've learned along the way is that attitude of, I will figure it out, is really the definition of confidence. If you're trying to figure out how to become more confident, don't wait until you feel like you can do it. Decide you will figure it out and move forward. And so we get to choose our attitude. At any day, we get to choose that we're going to get up, give it our best shot, and keep going. If you decide that your aspiration is to write a book, the attitude is to continue writing it piece by piece. Slowly putting it together, bringing those words together, making sure that you're not going to get derailed by some process. I say that because in the midst of writing books, I keep having to run up against this. When I feel like I am frustrated with the process, I have to remind myself that I can figure it out. I can find my way through this. Not I know what I'm going to do or I know what I'm going to write, but I can figure out how to get there. So the second thing you can control is your attitude. The third thing that we can control are our actions. Now, this is a big one. We can't control other people's actions. If you've ever had a child around you who is somewhere in public throwing a temper tantrum, you know that you can't control their actions. You may be able to mitigate the actions. You may be able to remove them from the situation. You may be able to hold them tight and get them out, but you can't control it. <laughs> They have chosen that behavior. They've chosen that action. 
Now, the power of recognizing that you can only control your actions means that you can decide not to spend so much time trying to control another person's actions. In my work with couples, I see this very often where one person is trying desperately to control the actions of their spouse with pretty bad results. People don't like to be controlled. People don't like to feel like somebody is trying to control their actions, and so they tend to rebel against it, making it even harder and much more clear and apparent that your actions or their actions can't be controlled by you, but you can control your actions. Now, I have people who tell me that they can't control their actions. They can't help it that they yell at somebody or they can't help that they throw something or they can't help that they have some other outburst of their anger and frustration. So I've tested this a few times. I had a person who was telling me that he couldn't help it that he yelled at his wife. He couldn't help it that, you know, sometimes he stomped around and slammed doors and threw things. And I said, you really couldn't help that. He said, no, absolutely not. Once I'm upset, you know, I don't have control of my actions. And so I asked a very simple question. Would you do that in front of a police officer? Would you do that in front of a judge? And he said, well, of course not. No, I wouldn't do that. And I said, you, you wouldn't do that. Why wouldn't you do that? And he said, because there might be repercussions to that. The, the police officer might arrest me. The judge might throw me in jail. So of course I wouldn't yell or stomp or throw things. To which I had to point out that if he controlled it at one place or could control it at one place, he was choosing not to control it somewhere else. The fact is that whether we admit it or not, we are able to control our actions. We have a choice of the action we want to take. When I've talked about responsibility, able to respond, we choose our response because we have control of our actions. Now, here's the thing about that. Because we can control our actions, that begins to move us into big things. Because you'll notice that I didn't say that you had control over world events. I didn't say you had control over how bad the world might be at certain places. You don't have control over whether there's global warming or not global warming. But when you realize that your actions have impact, then you can recognize that while you can't control those big issues, you can look at how your actions interfere with those big issues. You can begin to decide whether your actions meet your aspirations of what you want for the world. There's injustice all around us, no doubt about that. And we all might decide that we would do a little better helping to fight those injustices through using our actions. We have choices about that. We can control our actions and choose how to direct those actions. Remember, you and I, we're both built for impact. Humans are impact creators. We're going to impact the world. We're going to either impact the world in a positive way or a negative way. We can't control how others impact the world, but we can certainly decide whether we want to be a positive or negative in the world. Whether we're going to make an impact that leaves the place better than we found it, that at least leaves the possibility for it to be better than we found it. So those are the three things that you can control, your aspirations, your attitude, and your actions. Our choice is to focus on the things we can control, and then that means that everything else we have to release and recognize it's not within our control. We have to let that go because that's an illusion that we're trying to hold that we somehow can control those things, which leaves us frustrated and often angry with the world around us that we can't really control it. So once you are able to say, you know what, I can't, and that's okay 
Because the three things I can control, my aspirations, the things that I want, the big goals in life, my attitude, how I'll approach life and say, I'm going to take it on, I'm going to do my best, and my actions, how I will interact with the world, they are within my control. And when you focus on those, your life can transform. So the rule this week, control what you can, release the rest. If this has been helpful for you, I would love it if you would grab my new book, The Immutable Laws of Living. The Immutable Laws of Living are those laws that are around us all the time that we happen to break without even knowing it. And all we have to do to transform our life is to start obeying those laws, following the laws, getting back in alignment with those laws. Now, I can tell you about those laws because I've broken every one of them and played, paid the consequences. Just like, you know, sometimes you don't have to understand gravity, but when you trip and fall, you understand the consequences of violating or trying to violate gravity. It's the same with these laws. They're around you all the time. If you think that might be something that would be helpful for you, I would love it if you would grab my book. You can find more about that at theimmutablelawsofliving.com, theimmutablelawsofliving.com, or you can find it at your favorite place to get books online or in your local bookstore. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you have and build a thriving life. You've been listening to the Thriveology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thriveology.com or at thriveologymagazine.com. Remember that Thriveology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Thank you.